0: Last week, we celebrated the ascension of the Lord. We remembered that Jesus left the earth, rose up to heaven. We celebrated that day instead of mourning it because while Jesus did leave, he did not leave us alone. He left us with a promise that in just a few days, he would send the Holy Spirit upon those he left behind and that they would receive power from the Holy Spirit. Nine days later, 50 days after Passover and Easter, on the day called Pentecost, the Holy Spirit arrived as promised. There was a noise like a strong wind, there were tongues of fire, and suddenly those present were filled with the Holy Spirit. At that time, there were visitors from all over the place in Jerusalem for the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. It was a feast when Farmers from all over would come and offer the first loaves of bread from their wheat harvest in gratitude to God. It was also a time when the Jews came to Jerusalem to remember and celebrate God's giving Moses the Ten Commandments. But after this Pentecost, things would be different. Those disciples, filled with the Holy Spirit, began telling everyone they could about the great things God had done. They spoke of Jesus Christ to everyone present, and here's the strange thing, people from all over, from many different nations, heard them speaking in their own languages. It was like the undoing of the Tower of Babel. By the confusion of language, mankind had been scattered and divided, but now God was bringing all nations back together using speech. To what was God gathering these nations? They are being gathered together to what? Well, the answer, I think, is the Catholic Church. What we celebrate on Pentecost is nothing less than the birthday of the Catholic, which is a word that means universal, church. It's a church that does speak, in fact, every language. How did this happen? Well, remember on Good Friday... All the apostles fled except for John. Most of the disciples, too, left. They were afraid of ending up like Jesus, who had been crucified after all. When Easter came, they found some renewed courage, because Jesus was once again with them, teaching them, and preparing them for their mission to, as he put it, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. But they still didn't have what it took to carry out that commission they didn't have the courage the wisdom and so on that changed at pentecost when they were filled with the holy spirit god strengthened within them the gifts of the holy spirit they were transformed these men who after the crucifixion were hiding behind locked doors out of fear now openly spoke about the mighty acts of God to everyone who would listen. Peter, who out of fear denied even knowing Jesus, suddenly had the fortitude and wisdom to stand up and give a lengthy sermon to huge crowds. That sermon was so effective that 3,000 people were baptized that very day. Can you imagine being there and seeing this? 3,000 people turning to Christ. Because of one preacher, St. Peter, who had the power of the Holy Spirit within him. From there, these men traveled the known world. They established communities of Christians, local churches, as they went. Now, this is not just some kind of interesting historical fact. The Holy Spirit was not given just to those who were present on that first Pentecost after Jesus' resurrection, and that was the end of it. No. No the Holy Spirit continued to flow through the churches that these men established, and the Catholic Church, which all of these make up, continued to grow. This church, begun in one room on Pentecost, now covers the entire globe. It's present in, most probably, every nation on earth. currently has over 1.3 billion members and counting every one of these 1.3 billion, including each one of us here, have received the same gifts of the Holy Spirit as the apostles. We might not have heard the sound of rushing wind or seen the tongues of fire descending upon one another, but the Spirit's gifts were given to us just the same at our baptisms. This is one of the effects of baptism. We receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then at our confirmations, these gifts were strengthened. So that we, like the apostles, will have what we need to carry out the mission we're given. To spread our faith in Jesus Christ around the world. That's your job, right? Well, what are these gifts that enable us to do this job? Well, the traditional list includes seven. You probably learned these back when you were preparing for confirmation, I hope. These seven are wisdom, understanding, knowledge counsel, piety, fortitude, fear of the Lord. What do they do for us? Well, all seven of them, they each make us docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in a certain way. So, for example, if the Holy Spirit is prompting us to call our cousin so-and-so, whoever, and invite him to Mass on Sunday... That's going to take some courage, right? Especially if that particular cousin is not very religious or, or, or so on. But if we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like fortitude, it'll be easier for us to walk up to him and ask, Hey, you want to come to Mass with me? And it would take counsel to know, too, the best time to do it. God gives us these gifts. And we should not be afraid to use them. And to ask God to continually strengthen them within us. Come, Holy Spirit, strengthen these gifts within this community. Now, if we do manage to make use of these gifts, our efforts to live as God intended will become fruitful in various ways. Uh, There's going to be positive results, fruits, uh, of us using these gifts in fact, there's a traditional list of 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. You probably also learned these uh, back when you were preparing for confirmation. Might not have them memorized, but you probably remember discussing them, I hope. But here's the list: charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty self-control and chastity think about that we need more of all those things the world will look a little bit more like heaven if even just a few of us started exhibiting more of those fruits of the holy spirit how do we practically make that happen well you know strictly speaking we really can't but we can let god transform us like he did the apostles at Pentecost. We can activate the gifts we have received by repenting of sin in confession, by praying so we know what God wants of us, and then by intentionally trying to do what the Lord asks once we know what that is. Because truly, God never asks us to do what is impossible with the help of his grace. For a while, it's been trendy to kind of ask that question, what would Jesus do? I remember people used to wear those little bracelets, WWJD. It was like posters and everything for a while. It was kind of cool to ask the question, what would Jesus do? But Jesus hasn't left us. You know, we don't really have to wonder. This week, let's ask ourselves, instead of what would Jesus do, but what is the Holy Spirit in union with Christ, of course, the triune God? What is the Holy Spirit asking me to do right now? And we should trust that we've been given the gifts that we need to carry out his will. That if we do, our lives will bear positive fruit in the world. The world will be a better place. Come Holy Spirit. Amen.